In this bulletin, a Victorian elder reveals the benefits the proposed voice to parliament could have for Indigenous Australians. The Prime Minister signals more support in the federal budget for workers whose industries are affected by decarbonisation efforts. And the Pope involved in efforts to bring peace to Ukraine. A Victorian Indigenous elder has told a, a federal parliamentary inquiry of the benefits the proposed Indigenous Voice to Parliament could have for Indigenous Australians. Auntie Geraldine Atkinson, co-chair of the First People's Assembly of Victoria, told the inquiry that her assembly is an example of what the voice could be. She says it represents the views, aspirations and wisdom of First Nations people at all levels. But she has warned that the voice should not compete with localised efforts to help and represent Indigenous Australians. It is critical that the national voice should complement and not interfere with or undermine the Assembly's role as a self-determined and representative body for the First Peoples of Victoria nor the progress that our communities have achieved to date towards treaty. Our communities direct our work in Victoria and we must remain responsible, responsive and accountable to them. The ACT government has apologised to the Nambri people for not recognising them as traditional custodians of the Canberra area. Last year, Ngambri custodians Leah House and Paul Girawa House took the government to the Supreme Court over its indigenous protocol, which listed only the Nunawal people as traditional custodians. They argued that the omission of the Ngambri people violated their human rights. In a statement, the ACT government recognised that members of the Ngambri people have suffered hurt and distress as a result of the protocol, which it says will be reviewed. We have agreed to change the standard words of an acknowledgement of country in the ACT to recognise, in addition to Ngunnawal, that there are other families and uh, individuals who have a traditional connection to this land and to acknowledge any of those um, also. Prime Minister Antonio Albanese says there will be measures in next week's federal budget to help workers in industries affected by the move to clean energy. Mr Albanese is in Brisbane to mark the March for May Day, a day used internationally to celebrate workers' rights. But there have been allegations from parts of the trade union movement recently that the government is forgetting about some workers as it moves to decarbonise the economy. However, Mr Albanese says the government is consulting widely. We've been working with the union movement as well as with employers and industry to make sure that as the transition occurs, uh, we seize the opportunities that are there. Mr Albanese claims the transition to clean energy will, will create opportunities in regional Australia in particular. More than 40 organisations have written to the Federal Treasurer, Treasurer Jim Chalmers demanding action in next week's federal budget to provide more affordable and social housing. The advocacy group Everybody's Home, which is made up of a coalition of housing, homelessness and welfare organisations, says Australia is facing its biggest housing crisis in living memory. It is repeating its call for the federal government to fund 25,000 social and affordable homes each year. It claims research shows the overwhelming majority of voters support such action. It also wants tax breaks like negative gearing for landlords to be wound back.
Amongst the other groups who have written to Dr. Chalmers are the Australian Council of Social Services, Anglicare Australia and the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Workers at Australian universities will go on strike starting today and it begins a week of industrial action based around complaints of casual employment and stagnant wages. Only about 3 in 20 jobs at Australian universities are permanent. The National Tertiary Education Union says this week's action is aimed at getting decasualization clauses into enterprise bargaining agreements at every Australian university. It has already had some success at Western Univers- Sydney University, the Australian Catholic University and the University of Technology Sydney in the past six month- months and there are plans to convert hundreds of casual jobs at the University of Sydney to full-time jobs. The union says wages- wage theft is a byproduct of casualization. Unions in France will be marking International Labour Day today with protests across the country. It comes amid continued anger over President Emmanuel Macron's lifting of the retirement age from 62 to 64. Meanwhile, in China, Labour Day marks the beginning of a holiday known as Golden Week. It's the first such such public holiday since COVID-19 restrictions were eased late last year. Over 240 million trips are expected to be made across China with access to iconic landmarks like the Great Wall and the Forbidden City already sold out. The Pope says he's involved in a peace mission to try and end the war in Ukraine. 86-year-old Pope Francis has just finished a visit to Hungary where he, he says he discussed the situation in Ukraine with both Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban and a representative of the Russian Orthodox Church in Budapest. Last week, the Pope met Ukraine's Prime Minister, Denis Shmiel, in Vatican City and discussed a proposal by Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky that was described as a peace formula. But the pontiff says he doesn't want to reveal too much about his peace mission just yet. You imagine that in these meetings, we did not just talk about Little Red Riding Hood. We spoke of all these things. Everyone is interested in the road to peace. I am willing to do everything that has to be done. There is a mission now, but it is not yet public. When it is public, I will reveal it. The Red Cross says it's finally been able, after two weeks of efforts, to get aid into Sudan to resupply hospitals. The battle for control of the country has been raging since mid-April, and foreigners in particular are scrambling to leave with the governments of various nations engaged in varied efforts to evacuate their citizens. The Red Cross says it's been able to get enough equipment into the country to treat 1,000 patients or stabilize 1,500 patients. They've been able to do this with the help of the Jordanian Air Force. Some of the deadliest violence of this conflict has happened around Sudan's capital Khartoum. Patrick Youssef of the Red Cross explains where they're trying to get this aid. The hope is indeed to get these uh, materials as soon as possible to uh, some of the most uh, critically uh, busy hospitals uh, in the capitals. We are yet to determine where these will go, and that's exactly what our team is currently doing in Khartoum. 
An Australian man faces 14 months in prison after allegedly spitting in an imam's face at a mosque in Indonesia. Brendan MacArthur was arrested trying to board a flight to Australia. He has denied any wrongdoing and, Instagram, and in Instagram posts says he is Muslim and the victim of racism against foreigners. Imam Basri Anwar claims MacArthur was disturbed by the recitation of the Quran over a loudspeaker. Indonesian police say they are investigating. And to sport, Andrew Dillon will be the next chief executive of the AFL. Mr. Dillon is a lawyer who has worked for the AFL since 2000. He's currently the AFL's general manager for football operations. Current chief executive Gil McLachlan has held the chief executive's job for the last nine years. Mr. Dillon will take over from his from him later this year. Mr. McLachlan will deal with several outstanding issues in his remaining time as chief executive, such as the introduction of a new team from Tasmania and an independent investigation into claims of racism at the Hawthorne Club. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome mostly cloudy 32, Perth sunny 24, Adelaide showers 19, Melbourne possible shower 18, Hobart possible shower as well on the top of 18, Albury Wodonga cloudy 14, Canberra shower 02, 15, Wollongong similar conditions 21, Sydney partly cloudy 22, Newcastle partly cloudy as well on the top of 22, Brisbane sunny 25, Townsville partly cloudy 28, Keynes mostly sunny 30 degrees, Alice Springs, mostly sunny day and top of 23. Darwin, sunny 34. And the Torres Strait Islands, a partly cloudy day and a top of 32 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.